What's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of the All-Star Comics Podcast, powered by Horizon Comics. I am your host, Jonathan Cote, and joining us on the panel tonight are... Johnny Morales. Nick Cantrell. And Roger May. And producing, as always, is Matt Lubick. I'm just going to tell you he's here because he's furiously trying to troubleshoot the Twitch stream, which, by the way, if you're listening to this and have not gone to twitch.tv twitch slash Horizon Comics to watch the live stream, you can... Uh, every Friday night when we start doing all of this. So that's yep. there now, although apparently we're having technical difficulties. So whatever. Happens. Uh, if this is your first time listening to the show, we are a spoiler slash review podcast. Uh, we typically review a Marvel book, a DC book, and an independent book each week along with a graphic novel. We will play some trivia and give you, the listener, an opportunity to win all of the things that we're reviewing. But before we do that, I'm going to kick it over to Johnny. Yep. And he is going to tell us about some news this week. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Perfect. We're so um, slick. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Production. It's almost like we have a soundboard. So believable. Um, so yeah, so Marvel is teasing a new Defender series with the original roster of the Hulk, uh, Namor, uh, Silver Surfer, and Doctor Strange. And it has a looks like a release date for December 2018. Uh, no creative team as of yet, uh, but they released some special teaser images to go along with it uh, with um, the tagline, The Best Defense, December 2018. I'm down. Yeah. Me too. Uh, um, I love the old book. Defenders are underrated. I just like this piece of news. California College puts uh, King and Walta's vision on required reading list uh, for one of the classes. Um, just fun. It's a great book. You guys should read it. Uh, DC announces new Outsider series uh, lineup and creative team. Uh, so it's Batman uh, and the Outsiders will spin out of Hill's current run on, detec on Detective Comics and will star the same superheroes fe featured in his On the Outside story arc. Black Lightning, Signal, Orphan, and Katana. And it's going to be written by Brian Edward Hill and uh, artist Dexter Soy. Um, Uncanny X-Men number one will be oversized and priced at $8, 72 pages. Jeez. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it's not red or blue or gold anymore. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're going back to adjectives. Yeah, um, but Uncanny X-Men two, uh, 2 and 3 will be 32 pages and uh, $3.99 only. So I guess that's where they're, you know. $8 for a number one. Yeah, I mean, 72 and pages. Every every other variant. Um. Just saying, like, you know, DC Rebirth, 80 pages, two ninety nine. You really want people to read it. Right, but, like, Action Comics, 80 pages, $10. Yeah, but that was 1,000. Mm-hmm. And this is number one. 1,000, Johnny. That's fine. Um, Keep going. <laughs> uh, let's see. DC debuts a supernatural suicide squad uh, called Suicide Squad Black. It's coming out in November. Um, and it will have... People like El Diablo, Enchantress, and Gentleman Ghost. Uh, and it's supposed to be like the Suicide Squad dark, you know, like kind of like Justice League. Uh, Riri Williams is going into her uh, a new solo uh, Ironheart comic uh, written by uh, Eve Ewing and artist, Ke Ooh, Eve Ewing and artist Kevin Labranda. Um, and yeah, and, you know, she's getting her, she's finally getting her own solo series. She had... Kind of like this dual role in Invincible Iron Man, but now she's just getting Ironheart. Uh, okay, hold on, time out. Yeah. Hey, Vanessa, can you hear us all equally as well? 
Yes. On or Twitch. Is it, or is it just or Johnny and Jonathan? Right. Since the mic is sitting right next to us. No, no, it's okay. I, I'm just. No, we're getting texts I'm, from Vanessa I'm, I'm right live now. testing with Vanessa. Yeah. Wait, is so. this the mic that we're. Yeah, that's why yeah. it's there, Johnny. Oh, hello. Okay. <laughs> okay, so anyway, carry on. Uh, yeah, DC Daily news show. Kevin Smith is hosting. Okay. Um, blah, blah, blah. And that's all the news. Okay. Uh, awesome. Good thing we have beers for this episode. Yeah. <laughs> Do we An have any elevated blood alcohol? I didn't helps. check because I am not a cheater, and those are the where the uh, the trivia questions oh, come in. Right. No questions. I okay. okay, I got one texted to me. This will be easy. Well, not easy. This might incite violence. Cool. Uh, Aaron wants to know: Captain Marvel, Carol Dan- Danvers versus Wonder Woman. Uh, Carol Danvers. I would say Car- Carol Danvers. Carol Danvers. Yeah, you're all smoking stuff because it <laughs> has to be Wonder Woman. We got that good. She's uh, uh, she, Amazon <laughs> she's warrior she princess. Fly. She can't shoot laser beams. Yeah. You don't need to shoot laser beams. Just saying. Just Carol Danvers also flies through space. So can Wonder Woman. Though. Yeah. So Wonder can't she? Yeah. I don't wait. Can she? Sir, I think she needs oxygen, doesn't she? You just hold her breath. Well, okay. <laughs> that doesn't mean she could do it indefinitely. And look, I you know I love Carol just as much mm-hmm. as the next guy, but I'm honestly Diana. just saying this to be contrary. Okay. Look, <laughs> Carol, trained pilot. Now uh, Diana, trained combatant. Mm. Yeah, trained by Ares. So, God of War mm-hmm. was the God of War was recently. Of War. Yeah. So. I just, yeah. Now, yeah, the first thought that came into my head was, well, are we talking about MCU Captain Marvel or comic Captain Marvel? Because we'll find there's out. supposed to be a big difference, and I'm so stoked for the movie version. I want to, I want to see what they do to her. Yeah, I just as soon as it didn't was Feiger Feige even say that like she punches a planet in half or something. Crazy she, like that. Yeah, well, she's, she's supposed to be like the strongest hero in the Marvel universe, bar none. So I'm for it. Let's see it. Bunch of yeah. planet map. That that's something. Was it ego? Is that what happened? <laughs> <laughs> she was in. I don't know. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. Dunno. Um. All right. Well, that's the only question. So there you go. Bunch of mixed answers, Aaron. Uh. So we'll go ahead and start with our reviews, Nick. In one minute. Oh. Well, I have a quick question. My yeah. wife added one. Oh, okay. Go My wife it. is a huge Brie Larson fan, and she wants to hear your thoughts, everybody's thoughts on the Brie Larson casting. I've only ever heard of Brie Larson since they announced Captain Marvel and she's playing her. I've never seen that chick in anything else. Not even Scott Pilgrim versus the War- versus Was she the- in that? Yeah. She was Envy. No. She was Envy? <gasps> yeah. I only ever watched that movie once. Yeah, she was Envy. Which one was that? Uh, you know the vegan boyfriend? Yeah. The girlfriend of the vegan boyfriend in the band. In the band? Yeah. She won an Academy Award for the So not ringing any bells. I just remember the line, chicken parmesan's not vegan. (laughs) Bread makes you fat. (laughs) Bread makes you fat. (laughs) Okay. Cool. That that was, was what what else? What else? Um, Short term 12. What? I haven't seen that one. Short term 12. Nope. 
Short term twelve? No. Yeah, haven't room, seen that. Room, not I know what she room. looks like, Johnny. I've seen promo pictures. Uh, she was in. Goodbye. She was in room, but uh, but not the room. Um, my only worry came from the initial set photos that they had of her in that like green and black outfit, uh-huh. and the shot was like from the behind, and I'm like, why are her pants so saggy? She doesn't <laughs> have a butt. <laughs> So well, I was my, like, uh, my first thought with like set photos is like, I mean, how how much did they troll us with the Thanos gauntlet? I mean, how many pictures did we yeah. see? Then he only had the two gems, and then you know we see the scene in the movie, and he's got you know all of them. Yeah, but I don't know. Set photos. We'll see. Are, I'm yeah. hey, I'm excited. I, they 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 haven't let me down many times yet. She so. actually seems interested in the character too, which is I think something that a lot of the actors in the MCU can't. Uh, say that they're actually interested they're in interested comic. in playing that part for a long time making money exactly yeah but as far as being a fan of comic books or anything nerdy she seems she seems into it that's but why i love henry cavill as superman exactly he's a superman nerd yeah true 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 so. true did you see him in the latest mission impossible i you know what i liked in the new mission impossible but i called almost every scene out of that back half of the movie because i feel like they seriously yeah Because I was like, they kept trying to one-up themselves, and I was like, I don't know what's going to happen next. Well, action sequence-wise, yeah, I'm talking about plot. Like, I'm like, I saw that twist coming like a mile away. What, the Henry Henry Cavill one? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, that one, I didn't really get that that was supposed to be a twist because they had been advertising him as the bad guy the entire time. I like him I, as a bad guy. Yeah, he did. Really he did a really, really good. I job wanted him to be in future Mission Impossible the thing that, movies. The Wait, thing, the thing was, that I found I funniest about watching that Mission Impossible movie was when at the end, uh, Cavill gets like the hot oil yeah. sprayed in his face, and then he ends up looking like Rogelzar. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that was. Did you guys do that intentionally? Yeah. Because he looked pretty gnarly. Yeah, that's what I was hoping. Because they, you know, when they gave him. Like a distinct facial feature, I was like, "Oh yes, sequels. Let's get this guy. Let's get this guy in the franchise." And then he gets uh, hooked to the face. And it's like, ah, Done. There goes those hopes. Yep. <laughs> oh, so. spoiler alert, BTW. Yeah. Well, it's a spoiler podcast, <laughs> right? Right. Plus, it's been out for a couple weeks already. Yeah. All right. But no, I did enjoy it. I just was like looking forward to him being in other movies of that, and then they just. But why the mustache? I still don't get. It worked. Was it? I don't know. I liked well, it. Why? I don't know. Hey, that's that's a whole different conversation. They didn't want him to look like Clark. I guess so. Yeah. Um, okay, Punisher. All right, yeah. It is written by uh, Matt Rosenberg. Uh, uh, written by Matt Rosenberg. Artist is Sismon Kudransky. And you just color- say Simon. It's Simon. Simon. Thank you. You're welcome. Oh my God. Uh, Simon Kudransky and Antonio Fabu. Fabella is the colorist. It follows Frank Castle, a.k.a. the Punisher, post-Secret Empire. Uh, The evil Cap was manipulating Frank into killing uh, a bunch of people for Hydra. And this is post-War Machine armor Punisher. And he has gotten a taste for dealing with bigger uh, Marvel villains than he has previously. And he uh, he takes out some 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 dudes in this first issue, but uh, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I uh, especially coming off the um, the War Machine uh, storyline, uh, 
previous one that they did with him getting the War Machine armor. And first off, he's been around since the 70s, and it's 2018, and it took them that long to get him the War Machine armor? Come on. That's, that's, uh, uh, come on. Seems like a match made in heaven. It seems, and it was. It was, that's the, that whole arc was one of my favorite things this year so far. It's just, it's fun if you just want a simple Punisher storyline where he goes around mowing down bad guys. That's it. He's got the war machine armor. And I was reading, too, that um, Dwayne McDuffie, back when he was writing for Marvel, he had actually pitched that idea, and Marvel turned it down because, I guess, War Machine was a big, you know, like he was too family-friendly at the time. But <laughs> War Machine. Yeah, yeah was, exactly. You know why? They were selling action figures at the time, yeah, and they were like, right. oh, well, we're not sure if we can do that with the Punisher. But, uh, you know, because I, I, was, I was really bummed after they, they finished up, the, wrapped up the War Machine storyline, but this one got me back into it. I, I really dug it. What do you think, Roger? Okay, so I like this book a lot. Um, I thought it was pretty much a perfect Punisher book from beginning to end. Uh, there's nonstop action. There's a lot of shell casings. Yep. Um, yep. A lot of fire and explosions. A lot of shadows. Um, there's some some real nice cameos. I mean, you end up getting uh, Baron Zemo, uh, Tony Stark. Um, Mandarin, you know, these different guys, you know, come in and you're not, um, all you know is that basically Frank is going after this, uh, this package that was supposed to be the property of Baron Zemo. It was coming in, um, on a, on a, a stolen freighter. Um, I love the art too, with, with one exception, um, the guy who, uh, Matt, uh, no, not Matt Roseberg, uh, Simon. Simon Kudransky. Kudransky. Um, his Punisher, uh, you know, there were times he looked a little chunky. Like, you know, maybe he wasn't getting the workout he should have in the War Machine armor. <laughs> um, he had a double chin. I, you lo- know, I love I love The receding it. hairline. No, that first image is really good. That, that splash with, yeah, just shell casings, yeah. you know, flying. Um, but there, there are panels in there where he he looks like middle-aged Punisher. So good. It's everything in a Punisher comic you would want. I'm actually, I actually agree. I, the art was I, to me the weakest thing. I didn't like the art that much in this. I like the story. Um, I like the setup. I like kind of where this is going. Um, but yeah, the, I, there were there's a couple of panels where I was just kind of like, Meh. there's and there's some panels that are great, like that splash page. It's great, but I don't know if he's a digital artist or what, but just the overall look of the art just wasn't my thing. Um, and that's because one of my favorite Punisher runs, um, Marco Cicchetto did. Oh, yeah. I think it was when uh, Rucka was on. Yeah. He had that short run. Love that Punisher run. It was one of the few things by Rucka that I freaking love. Um, it was Cicchetto. Yeah, Cicchetto. He freaking, like... Yeah, his his Frank is I think my favorite Frank. So um, that's kind of the standard that I measure a lot of the Punisher. Interesting, stuff even to. more than uh, Warren Ellis. I have to go back because I it's I I think I've only ever read a 
small amount out of that run. Or no, no, I'm not Garth Ennis. Ellis. Garth, Garth Ennis. Ennis. Yes, thank you. Yeah, okay. I know what you're talking I was like, about. Yeah, what? I know. <laughs> I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Um, because I do this, I do the same exact thing where I mix up those names. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, I have to go back and re- reread some of that because I know he had like a really like great. Run yeah, he had a really iconic violent. sort of a uh, uh, like run on the Punisher. He yeah. like the contemporary Punisher is definitely based off of but Garth Ennis. Part of the reason I love that other run was Chichetto's art just was so perfect for it. So anyway, is ahead, it Johnny. is it my minute now? Go. Okay. Um, the art's amazing. I loved it. Uh, like the dynamic, like you know, action sequences that are. Uh, unbelievable at times. Um, I don't think I like the Punisher as a character that much. Uh, he's just not that interesting to me. Um, this book is fine. I don't know. I I don't like. I didn't get much from it. Uh, like I don't. I don't think I like the Punisher as a character as much. Like when I hmm. read him, it's usually in like other books, you know, I think about him in Civil War and how he got beat up by Captain America and all that stuff, but, like, I don't think I've read any Punisher besides some of the Garth Ennis stuff, um, and while Garth Ennis' stuff was really good and really well done, I still didn't follow through with it, um, all the way, um, yeah, I don't think he's a character for me. I find, well, I mean, I understand that, for, for me, it's very easy to relate to him, I mean, just as as a, a husband and a father, um, if if somebody murdered my wife and kids, I yeah, there aren't enough bullets. <laughs> 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 so, I just I, I think too one thing uh, you know because I I, would, I every once in a while I'll go on Marvel Unlimited and I'll go back and reread some of the seventies and eighties stuff and he's a guest in like every single. Title on he was he was a hot and character, yeah. and I think I mean I grew up in the '90s. Venom, the uh, anti-heroes, Punisher, yeah, the anti-heroes. Like they they all had these really cool covers, and they all have these really visual things. Like uh, I mean, this Punisher, like it's not it's nothing complicated, but it's entertaining, and I and I like it. Really brings. Frank more into the Marvel universe than he normally is because normally he's, he's just on the outskirts. outskirts, yeah, and he's kind of in his own little bubble. But this kind of puts you, him in the middle of everything. You've watched the Netflix series, right? Half of it. Ugh. Oh, so good. Man. Yeah, I know. I, I really oh. liked what I saw. So I, far. It might be my favorite of the Netflix. Okay. I liked season two better, but that's a story for another yeah, time. What? <laughs> okay. Because season two had a lot of stuff happening that I was really into. It was really good. So, but yeah, um, I, dude, I love the Punisher. Uh, he's probably one of my favorite Marvel characters. Um, I like that he's that kind of on the outskirts, but kind of in the middle of stuff. Yeah, it's it's weird the line that he kind of walks, because you know he exists to get the bad guys. Yeah, exactly. And, and kind of is not afraid to get his hands dirty and go where our other more morally um, uncorruptible characters won't go. Yeah, absolutely. You know? So that kind of makes him fun to throw in the middle of a lot of stuff. Yeah. So. La- last thing before we move on yep. from this book, though. Um, somebody gets offed at the end of this book. Do, do we, we wanna, want to? Do we want to? Because that's pretty that? great. I'll it's, say it's really great. 
I'll just say that person's been mentioned already. We'll leave it at that and say it's it's somebody that. Yeah, and, when and we you talk, don't expect it to book. actually happen. Yeah, yeah, and when we talk about him being in the middle of the Marvel Universe, it's very... Uh, it's at this ve- point, yeah. at the at end of this... At this point, he's, he's a big character. Yeah, he's a big character in, this, in the Marvel Universe right now based on uh, what happens at the end of this. Yeah, I, I, was, yeah, I, was, I was surprised. And I got to say, like, that's a bold move. Taking yeah. out... Issue, issue one and, and going there and doing that. Yeah. yeah. Love so, it. Well, right. and have it. he had to be confident. Yeah. Well, and that's what I love about it, too, is that, you know, he doesn't even, he's not even trying to be, like, plain clothes in the end. He's, yeah. like, he wants to be on that camera as, With the skull, yeah, dude. like, yeah, he wants yeah. to be seen as the Punisher. Love it. So, all right. All right, cool. Uh, rate it. Johnny. Uh, three. Nick. Five. You know, it's a five for me, too. Uh, four and a half. Solid book. I just, the art. That was my thing. All right. Uh, We also reviewed Die, 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 number two by Robert Kirkman, Scott Gimple, and Chris Burnham uh, with, I believe, Nathan Fairbarn as uh, the colorist on this. Um, Can you, before you go into your official, like, uh, um, what, synopsis? Read the I was, banner. Yeah, I was Are going you going to do that? Okay, because it's, it's, so, it's too perfect. The, the banner on this one says, holy crap, that guy's nose is totally cut off. Skybound approved. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love that so much. So apparently this is the week for gratuitous violence because we just, we just reviewed The Punisher and we reviewed Die, Die, Die number two. And I, this book is just, to me, like, holy crap, where is this going? Like, yeah. It's just full of curveballs. Um, I'm I'm hooked after this issue. Um, basically, the cliffhanger from uh, the last issue uh, with the we find out that there are three brothers. That um, are you all right, Matt? Okay, okay. There are three brothers uh, that were all trained by their assassin father. We find that out. Um, well, I I was getting Ish. to that. Three-ish <laughs> brothers. Um, in a flashback, it actually shows four kids, but um, we'll get to that later. Uh, but I, I don't even know where to begin with this book. Like, it's just it more more questions get raised as to what's really going on in this because there's a whole government plot. Uh, yeah, aspect and. Yeah, the two senators in this book. Yeah. I, I don't know what that's all about, but it's it's got me hooked. I'm I'm interested. It's look, it's hyper violent, government espionage, and family solid, drama. And solid writing writing too. Solid writing. So um yeah. I I know for me, I really uh Kirkman really stood out as far as um there's the whole uh section where the senator is talking about the possibilities of how everything plays out. And that I feel like that was such a Kirkman sort of layout for everything because it's like he has such a, a cinematic sort of quality to all of the stuff that he does. Um, he, well, he really, yeah, he's writing pitches for future TV shows Yeah, and exactly, exactly. Like he has, he has an idea for that sort of medium. He has a really visual uh, style to his stuff. And I, I, think it, I think it really worked. I really dug it. 
Did you guys happen to read the letter in the back, by the way, by, I think it's Chris Burnham? No. Uh, I, I read never about half read of that it. stuff. Yeah. I never read that stuff. Yeah, actually, they, they've been working on this for a while. Yeah. And they kept, I, I'm just surprised they kept it under wraps for as long as they did, because Chris Burnham mentions the fact that they had sufficient lead-in time to get like a lot of work on this series done, even to the point where they were able to debut action figures at Comic-Con next Holy to the cow. first issue. There are action figures out already and other... Um, With the nose cut off? <laughs> yeah, like all that bloody That's variants awesome. of the figures, of the main yeah. characters, all that stuff. Really? Like they've, they've done a lot to Johnny, get... you picked some of those and brought them back, right? Uh, yeah? I went to the right? Skybound booth. There was no figures. I went to his booth. There was no figures. <laughs> So you went on Sunday. (laughs) (laughs) Just Friday. Okay, so I, you know, this is not my normal cup of tea, and I absolutely love this book. Um, It it moves at such a breakneck pace as far as plotting. There's so much that goes on, and there's several, you know, WTF moments already. I mean, there's. Especially with a couple of the brothers in this, I I don't really want to give that away Um, because it's that's really when that happens. It's like what just happened. Yeah, I don't. You know, there's something big going on here, and it's it's not often when you have an event happen. You know, more towards the middle of the book that has you wanting to come back as much as the end. And I think that was probably, I don't know, it was probably five or six pages before the end. It was, it was, it Pro- was actually closer. It just to makes the me end. wonder yeah. if they're going there in issue two, what are they, what have they got for other stuff down the line? Yeah, I, I don't, I mean, they're covering so much ground, but they haven't, the little time that they've spent with the two senators who are kind of the puppet masters in this whole thing, um, there's a lot more story to tell with oh, them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But what, what they have done is, like, nuts. Yeah. I mean, they're making these these really memorable characters. You know, they kind of stick with you. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is, I, there's, there's so much to love about this comic. Um, despite, and yeah, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not a gratuitous violence kind of guy, but there's something truly satisfying reading <laughs> this book. <laughs> You know, and I so. know. I think it's Burnham's art. It is. Yeah, the it's art's really like fantastic. how he, he does it. I love yeah. the art. Yeah, and I I know because uh, I hadn't read the first issue until um, Roger gave me the second one to read, and when I read the first issue, I was not on board with it. I was like, "There's too much going on, typical like self indulgent sort of thing," and then when the second one came out, I was like, "All right, there's a lot, a lot of." St- cool twists that are going on so uh if you didn't dig the first one i would definitely pick up the second one johnny give us your minute on it um i mean like you thought of the first one i thought of the first and second one (laughs) it's just i didn't like it um i read this after i read uh like 15 issues of wicked and divine and i was just like yeah man comics comics give me (laughs) give me more comics and i was like i don't care about any of these characters or any of this plot <laughs> you know and and um i love the art and i love the like the amount of violence that there is but sometimes it's just it goes to the point where it's like unbelievable it's just like really you're gonna cut off your nose i mean i'd run away like 
screw that. I, would, I want my <laughs> that's nose. You're, that's because you're, you're not an assassin that's trying to get on the inside of a but job. Like, dude, that's your nose. <laughs> yeah, but aren't you the least bit curious about what would drive a person to do that? I mean, no. <laughs> <laughs> Not really. Wow. Boring life, Johnny. Uh, no, I mean, I, I That's love... That's what these comics are for. They're meant to cure that. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> I like, you know, violence in comics, but I don't like it when it's just there to just be there, you know? And I, I get what you mean, because, like, some... I think that what, uh, for me, that really got me into this is that scene at the top of the castle. That's the scene that, like, I was like, all right, that that, that turned it on for me. I'm, yeah, I'm I really like, that whole that whole part, and I just in hopes to see more of something like that. Yeah, I was really enjoying the the fight scenes and the, them going uh, back and forth between like different scenes in these panels. Just as a rule of thumb, never fight naked, though. Uh, right, right. Yeah. Never fight and, naked. And then right. uh, you know, as this is going on, especially a knife fight. Uh, yeah, <laughs> really, really no. bad idea. As this is going on, I'm like thinking, okay, this is picking he up. Knows. I like this. <laughs> <laughs> He's like been there, done that. Don't recommend it. <laughs> yeah, the other guy didn't have any clothes on. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead, Johnny. Yeah. Uh, as this is going on, I'm like, okay, I'm I'm digging this. This is this is good. Uh, and then you know he like throws him. I'm like, oh oh, I can't believe he just did that. And then the nose. I'm like, oh come on, <laughs> like really? Who cares? <laughs> you are. I don't know what to say to you. Have really? well, the twelve year old me was like, yeah. what? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, or what, what does he even say? Oh, what that—that's in the first one. When he's like, it feels like rubber. Or it feels like uh, wax. Yeah, or yeah. Like that. That's it. All right. But so anyway, we, so part. Well, real quick, uh, I just found the the particular. It is Chris Burnham that has this uh, letter in the back. I recommend reading it. Uh, but he puts um, now that the cat, cat, cat is out of the bag, bag, bag. It feels finally great to be able to talk about uh, it being the comic. Skybound is enthusiastically willing and able to let the team get way ahead on the book so that we can focus on telling the best story possible and not worry about the stressful monthly deadline uh, grind, fill-in issues, or missed ship dates. It gave us the time to make t-shirts, pins, and action figures to sell alongside the first issue at Comic-Con this year. That's got to be unprecedented. Wow. So Uh, he's making it sound like this is already well into... You know, yeah, like they've production. got a year's worth of issues yeah. or something. You know, because uh, I mean, how long has it been since we've seen Chris Burnham do uh, Have they said if it's uh, ongoing or limited? Apparently, it's Kirkman, so it's going to be around for a while. Oh, cool. So, and with I think with the buzz that the first issue created, it's definitely going to continue. Continue. Plus, cool. I can already see this going to. HBO, AMC, Netflix. Amazon, Netflix, wherever he can sell it to the highest bidder. Oh, and a, a quick heads up. I hope everybody uh, in the shop that pulls this book listens to the podcast because um, Comic Suite is not pulling this book for people. So it's not, and I think it has something to do with the, the original surprise name, mm. you know, or whatever. They didn't... Um, they didn't send it out. So this was the purpose? title. I don't think so. I'm gonna take that issue with me. Then. Okay. <laughs> um, it wasn't pulling for anybody. So I mean, I, I, wait. Hey, Trees. Did Da 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 get pulled for anybody? 
No? We had no pools? Right. That's what oh, I thought. Jonathan's taking this copy. So, <laughs> mine. Just saying. Mine. Yeah, so, right. Because, I, I mean, I can put it on your pool, and I have put it on people's pools, but, yeah. So, if you want to keep reading this, you need to come in the shop and pick it up. It is the unicorn of the current subscription yeah. list. Um, that's, 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 that's a diamond problem, which means it'll be solved next year. Or never. Yeah. <laughs> so. What would you rate it? For me, it's five. I, I'm stoked to keep reading this series. Uh, I give it four, based on uh, just the the weakness of the, my frustrations with the first issue. Uh, three. Five. Boom. All right, Roger. Okay. Yeah, I, Jonathan, and I did rock paper scissors to see who would pitch what. I was so much more prepared to pitch die die die. <laughs> <laughs> so the DC book um, this week is Batman Kings of Fear by who? Who's this Peterson fella? Scott Peterson. Uh, Scott Peterson and Kelly Jones, uh, with art by Kelly Jones. Um, and it, if Kelly Jones doesn't ring a bell, it's the Batman with the like Super three point pointy. ears. Yeah. The really long ears. Um, I love his style. It, it, I mean, I think it's really quintessential 90s. He has a really, uh, I remember vividly, there was a Man-Thing cover that that had Batman on it. And it was, it was one of the cooler comics okay. that I have. So in this story, uh, we start off with uh, a, a fight between Batman and Joker. Uh, Batman bests the Joker. Puts him in a straitjacket, throws him in the back of the Batmobile, transports him to Arkham Asylum, locks him up. While he's there, uh, they all break out. All the villains break out. Batman takes them all down. Not again. All down. (laughs) Um, And then uh, the one guy who escaped was Scarecrow, and Batman goes out to, to chase after him, and he gets gassed. Dun dun dun. Hence the title, Kings of Fear. Kings of Fear. Um, I, you know, I like this book a lot too. Um, I, you know, I've never been a big fan of Kelly Jones's art, but I think I've only ever seen his cover art, and it's and I'm and I'm always like, those ears are so long. Yeah. <laughs> but looking at the interior art, I'm, you know, there's something about it that's just. I don't know. It's kind of cool. Kind of just get I, drawn in and go with right. it, right? And you know, I mean, it's it's. Uh, uh, I mean, every everything is is exaggerated a little bit, but not really not overly so. Outside of the ears, the ears are ridiculous, but um, you know, the the muscles, the facial expressions, everything. It's very nice. It is very nice. I'm looking um, at it right now. But the. Yeah. <laughs> um, but this is, you know, the, the, I, I, I find his art strangely compelling to look at, and I think it suits the Dark Knight uh, very well. And his scarecrow is scary. Um, really scary looking. So, And as far as the, the storytelling, I, I, I really, really like this book. I mean, there's this scene where Batman is driving Joker to... Arkham and Wasn't Joker Joker <laughs> won't <laughs> shut up. 
And and ba- at one point, Batman's like, Joker. And he's like, yes. And he's like, shut up. <laughs> and then and Joker wouldn't shut up. And so Batman gasses him in the <laughs> yeah. back of the Batmobile, <laughs> knocks him out, you know, long enough to, you know, and then he wakes back up at Arkham. I mean, there's, there's you know, the dialogue and the back and forth in this book and even like, you know, the the headmistress at Arkham or whatever, whoever's, you know, taking him in. She's she has an argument with Batman. She's like, You gotta stop doing this. <laughs> yeah. you know? He's like, Are you nuts? You know? Um I I I love pretty much everything about this. It, it was it was it was a, an unexpected treat. Nick? Uh I I was kinda bummed by it. I I felt um par- particularly I really, really enjoyed where they were going with the Joker um, as far as like the dialogue. I always love the sort of introspective conversations that Batman has with the Joker. And it started off with that and then and then now I, I guess it's a whole different thing. I don't I have no idea where it's supposed to be going with that. I, I did enjoy the art. I really liked um I really, yeah, it, it would, the art was my favorite part for sure. Um, but I don't know. I, I have, after reading this, I have no clue. I, mean, I guess it's a Scarecrow thing, I guess. But the Scarecrow was in it for like two panels. Something like that at the, at the very end. Yeah. So uh, where they go with it. Well, I'm, I'm with you, Roger. Um, this was kind of an unexpected su- surprise. When I saw the cover, I was like, oh, God. You yeah. Know? yeah. Um, look, there's, there's a certain look and feel to this book that I hate to use the term dated, okay? Because I don't mean that derogatorily. Okay? Sure. This, but this fits in, like, an older style of it's storytelling. It's of an era. And, yeah. Um, yeah. And look. Uh, but that's not a bad thing. Um, and I remember as a kid, kind of in the early 90s, seeing these covers being like, why is this freaking ear so long? <laughs> right, you know, right. And this, is, this is right around the same time that, you know, Batman the Animated Series started going off. I was like, that's how Batman's supposed to look. Yeah. You know, like, I just as, you know, a 12-year-old, you know, seeing this. So when I got into the, the issue, I was kind of like expecting something really, um, just for lack of a better word, cheesy or campy, just based off of, you know, my preconceived notions of the cover art uh but as i got into it same same kind of thing i kind of got sucked into it and i was like this is actually pretty good you know i hadn't i hadn't read anything by peterson and like you said the only thing i was familiar with jones was just the fact that he always drew batman with these ridiculous (laughs) ears on his cowl um but it was it was a fun book i enjoyed it a lot so i love i love the one where they his his rogue gallery is they're all hunched together and then they they uh, flip the light on the, the single match. And Batman's and then, yeah, rushing them. Batman, right. So good. Sorry. Yeah. I don't think you were that bummed by it, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not believing it. Um, I really like the story. Uh, I love the dialogue that, you know, the Joker, you know, has with uh, these prison inmates. It's like, oh, I got bored. Uh, but his it's, hair is still in prince, pristine condition. You know, like that's, that's good writing. Um, I really hate the art. Uh, most of the time because it's not I mean it's it's a different style but it's not so stylized where um, 
like everything you know is is consistent you know there's times where his face looks like a thumb and then there's times where like what's up with that knee you know and and that's fine because there's also panels like this one which i absolutely love yeah and it's just like man that's cool that's scary uh and really well done and then you know we get into this stuff where i'm just like i'm not into it i love tim sale so i don't mind the big ears but this is more of uh, a different style than tim sale than even tim sale um Tim and Sale's the, more consistent. Yeah, exactly. Like this one, it it, it has more, uh, the, like you said, the art's not consistent, and it, it has like body parts that aren't, uh, you know, they they don't look uh, correct. Um, and like I said, uh, with different styles, the body parts don't have to look correct. But his certain style is not so far fetched that you know it has it merits this type of, uh, you know, anatomy. Um, the art kind of took me out of it uh, for the most part. I really did not like it. Um, the story's fine, but I don't think I'm that interested in it. I, w I would probably argue that it's consistently inconsistent. No. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> because, because it's an exaggerated style. It's not meant to be anatomically correct or... You know, I mean, it, I think Even it's supposed the, to give a, a no, I know. feel. Even with the cover, I mean, look at Two Face. Look at Two Face. I mean, half of his face yeah. is lips are pursed, and then the other half, they're just wide open. Like, yeah. Like, I, I even the length like, of the ears is inconsistent. It's just on the covers, they're right, always like. Right. I don't know. Then again, I have professed my enjoyment of Rob Liefeld, so like, I don't <laughs> have. <a> would <laughs> you read Nick, Nick? Would you read the second issue? I would read the second issue just to see what the because it's only six issues, so I would yeah. hope that they establish what it's going to be like in the second issue. So I would if if the second issue were were strong, I would definitely. Continue. His scarecrow looks scary. Yeah, that's one of the scariest scarecrows I've I've seen in a Batman book. Yep. Johnny, what about you? Would you read the second? Um, if I didn't pay for it. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. Hey, well, there you go. I'd read the second. Um, I enjoyed it. Would you guys rate it? <laughs> it's so bad. The laying. <laughs> it's so badly odd. awesome. <laughs> yeah, I know. I but yeah, like like well, I it's said, like it's almost almost funhouse mirror. Exactly, quality, it's yeah. like I said, you know, like yeah. I mean, I I like Rob Life, old Rob Liefeld, so, so I can't. I, I don't. I, really I don't think anything can beat this panel. <laughs> yeah, that dirt exactly. face. <laughs> Johnny, what would you rate it? Uh, two and a half. Uh, three. It's like a four and a half for me. Yep, I was about to say the same. Um, I, I, I almost. Uh, I mean, I'm close to giving a five. I was just really satisfied reading this. Yep. And I've, I mean, the other two books I gave a five, and this one left me feeling just about the same way. I was just like, I really like it. So, but I, at four and a half. Yep. All right. Uh, we're going to head over to our lightning rounds. The, who wants to go first? You guys have a lightning round. I do. Oh, go, go ahead. Is it just me? I had no, one. I no, one. I have, I had one. I'll try and have one. I don't. You don't, sorry. Nick. I'm so sorry. You're always the like most prepared guest. I know. I left my book at home. Oh, <laughs> that's what it was. I left my uh, I left my notes at home. I was about to say, aren't you usually like the guy that gets like, all the notes? I know. I was running late today. Oh, so sad. Donnie, do you have one? Uh, yeah. All right, we'll start with you. Okay. Sweet. Um. Go. 
Yeah. Uh, West Coast Avengers by Kelly Thompson and Stefano Caselli just came out this week. And it is it feels like um, Karen Gillan and Jamie McKelvey's uh, Young Avengers. Um, because it's kind of mo- mo- it consists mostly of the same team. Um, but it's even more fun, more campy, and it's exactly what I want from this sort of team. Um, Nathan and I were talking about it, and he he loved it as well, even though he's not the current demographic for it. But it's just, it's something that I looked forward to because I love Kelly Thompson's work. I mean, that and was an ageist comment right there, Nathan. He, he said that he wasn't in the current demographic. Thanks, Jonathan. You're wasting 10 <laughs> seconds of my time. Anyway, um, it's, just, Mission it's just a ton of fun. Uh, the, the West Coast Avengers uh, need money, so they you know, are doing a reality show to get some money because people are interested in those reality type of shows. Uh, and the team consists of Hawkeye, Hawkeye, um, Gwenpool, and it's fun. I would have preferred this book over Punisher. All right. Who wants to go next? Roger? Me? Go ahead. Uh, I'm, I'm probably not even going to need the whole minute. I watched the animated, the brand new animated Death of Superman. Oh, yeah, Loved it. Everybody should watch it. It's great. As, but DC usually does really good with all of their animated movies. Um, it's going to be a two-parter, if I'm not mistaken. So well, he's dead. He has to come back to yeah. life, right? Well, they're, they're do, they, it takes you all the way up to that, you know, Ba- big battle all the way through that. And then um, it, it make sure you obviously sit through the, the credits. There's all these little, you know, sliced in scenes and whatnot. But they're going to do the whole reign of the Superman oh, story arc. Oh, man. So, um, and they tease a little bit of that nice. um, at the end of it. So, as a Superman fanboy, I was very satisfied. It was better than the Superman Doomsday uh, cartoon that, that, that they put out. That was the first out. one. Yeah. 2007. They remade. Well, they decided to do, like, a good and proper, like, Right. Full story. So without shortchanging anything and whatnot. So really enjoyed it. Go check it out. All right, Roger, you ready? Yeah, sure. All right. Okay, since Nick wasn't prepared. (laughs) Okay, so um, coming soon, uh, we're going to start offering uh, membership passes to Horizon Comics After Dark. It'll also be to um, the back room here where we, where we do Horizon Comics After Dark. Uh, and so what, I've, what we've kind of settled on is um, you can get uh, monthly memberships to Horizon Comics After Dark for $10 a month, or you can uh, get anytime access during normal business hours plus Horizon Comics After Dark. Um, with plus one privileges uh, for $20 a month. So that would be you and a guest uh, as many times as you want during normal business hours, during Horizon Comics After Dark, everything. That's what she said. So, um, but I... That's a minute, uh, but go ahead and keep going. The last couple of days I've been working on Photoshopping, um... Basically everything, you know, with the, the membership cards is going to be like. So I just put it up on Instagram. So for you guys uh, watching us on Twitch, um, you can pull up our uh, Instagram and look at that. It's pretty much got everything on there. I just um, liked it for you. Sweet. Thank you. Um, yeah, so that's it. Sweet. Awesome. You took my minute. Did I? 
Yeah. God, I suck at that. I'm so bad. It's all good. All right. We're going to go ahead and jump over to highlights. Find out what in the heck we're reviewing next week. Uh, so, for Marvel, we are doing Fantastic Four number one facsimile edition. Go ahead and explain what that means, Roger. Yeah, so the facsimile edition is an exact reprint of the 1962 release of Fantastic Four number one, complete with the ads. Awesome. So, uh, the the story is is really kind of a a, a chore. To read, yeah. but it'll yeah. be fun to talk about. <laughs> cool. Um, Lots of thoughts. I'm sorry, bubbles. I have to read this title. Web of Venom Ben Nam? Don't. Yeah, I talked Ben-Nam? about this in the news a while ago. I know, but it's just, it, there's so much Venom. You like out, bad man. puns. What are you talking I about? I know, that's why I had to read it. <laughs> okay. The punishment is real. Uh, yes. <laughs> Ugh, get out of here. Hashtag. That was awesome. Hashtag dad jokes. <laughs> but that's what I put on every pun that I post is punishment. Because I know it usually punishes people. Yeah. I hate this. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Why well, do it, Johnny? To make you squirm. Uh, that's fine. Um, and then for DC, uh, I guess to be determined, Roger, ish. Most likely. Yeah, I mean, there's a couple books. I mean, it's either going to be the Joker Daffy Duck special or, or <laughs> Scarlet Number One if we get enough books. Scarlet Number One, please. Scarlet's really good, but dude, I mean, really, are you are you seriously begging me for more Bendis right now? But that's yes. Just say yes. Yes. Yeah. Because <laughs> I like that Bendis story. I do. It's frozen that over. Was, but see, that uh, was no, no, one no, of the no, 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 no. You like the Bendis the Scarlet sky. from ten years ago? Yeah, I do. So who knows how it is now? But that was one of some of the first Bendis I ever read that you gave I, me. I know, I know. And I was I like, turned you on to Bendis. that hooked me and made me think he was a great writer. And then other stuff happened. And it happened. was pretty good. It You're was really good. good. That's why I want to read that I one. Know. It's Alex so, Maleev on art. Maybe. I know, but Joker Daffy Duck. I know, dude. Joker Daffy Duck. That, we'll that's see. Yeah, we'll see. It'll be one of those. And then, um, oh, God, apparently... We're reviewing Rick and Morty versus Dungeons and Dragons number one. Oh, jeez. That sounds know, rad as hell. <laughs> All I can say is Lady Mechanica is coming out next week, good. and I'm just Thank you. really sad that we're not doing that. Do that again. Oh, jeez. I don't know, Rick. <laughs> um, that's, that's yeah, no, I, I, I know. Well, I saw, I saw Lady Mechanica number two on there, and I was like, oh, I wanted to do that one so bad. Oh. So and we'll see. Maybe we will. Okay. I'll have plenty of that. I'll have plenty well, of... I'm probably going to buy that Rick and Morty. every variant cover. Morty impression over here. <laughs> <laughs> Rick, sorry. <laughs> oh, we got All a right. card game. What, what game are you guys playing? BS. Yes? BS. Oh, okay. That was your suggestion. BS. What's the, what's the graphic novel we're reviewing next week? It's <laughs> <laughs> kind of the point right. of the game, Joey. Where does that bring us? What's the what's the graphic novel we're reviewing next week? Oh, you know that's to be determined. Cool. I think I have written down somewhere who's going to be on. Oh, you know what? It's uh, David Revis. Oh, sweet. And I was like, he was like, "Do I get to pick?" And I'm like, "No," because. <laughs> 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 you guys probably saw, I just put out the call to do signups. And, and I mean, I did do signups through the end of the year, and I've got like 90% coverage. 
but I don't have time to order books. So I'm like, uh, we're going to review whatever I can scrounge up copies of. So Are we'll we see. Doing, uh, maybe, maybe uh, yeah, maybe Manhattan Projects. Yes. Did you ever? I know, I know Nathan. We discussed a certain uh, collection, possibly for the next time. Uh, what was that? Annihilation. What if? No. What if? Um, I didn't look for the graphic novels. Any collection. Any collection. Yeah, I don't know. Even the, like the you, first volume. When are you on next? Uh, I thought we said October. Was it October? Or yeah. I think it is October. Because I think isn't that when the the reboot of What If comes out? It's yes. in October. Yeah. Okay. But. Um, yeah, let me see. The only problem with collected what ifs is now it's been so long since they've been out that they're usually like collections of like 12 issues. And so yeah. it would be, I mean, it would be a, a heavy undertaking. Yeah. Unless, uh, unless uh, you know, what I would be open to doing is, is getting some of those and then saying pick three issues, three what ifs that intrigue you. Down. And then that way we would have. But that would be a really long episode. We'll see. Maybe I'll, I'll work it out if we can. Not any uh, longer than they usually go. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's fine. It's only my my favorite series ever. It's totally cool. Is it really? Is it really? Yeah. That's uh, out of all the... Because uh, I grew up... Um, uh, my dad would go around for his work all the time. So we would always go around comic shops. So I, I never had consistent uh, series that I followed. But what ifs were ones that I could pick up and just... Uh, and just read, but and they're also the only ones I actually collect, too. Excellent. Yeah. All right, Johnny. What? Tell us about the graphic novel. Oh, right. Yeah. So this is, is this just, oh, it's Avengers Season 1 uh, by Peter David and uh, who is, I know it's not Danny DeVito. Who's the artist? <laughs> <laughs> Andrea DeVito. <laughs> uh, and this is a story. It's All about how? Um, Sorry, every time. The Avengers' life got flipped, turned upside down. Um, and so they like spend the rest of the book just sitting sit right, right there. there. Um, I'll tell you how it became the season one of Avengers. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Nick. Um, yeah, it's, it's just a story. It's kind of like a what if. It's just a story. Yeah, uh, well. <laughs> like all of them. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just a story, you guys. Okay. I love how in everybody else's pitches, you guys are just like, mm. No, no words, no words, and then just mine. It's just like blah 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 John, blah. John, you make it so easy. <laughs> My apologies. Go ahead. Um, do yeah. Wanna, so do over a mulligan. No, I don't really care. Uh, this is a mess anyway. He, he Take didn't two. Care. He didn't care, but he drew attention to it to make sure we knew. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So this is a what if like after Loki got uh, beat for the first time by the Avengers, and he is putting uh, doubt and uh, into Iron Man, Thor, and Captain America's head to see um, to kind of like break the Avengers uh, apart from the uh, inside. Uh, that's basically the gist of the story. Cool. Yeah. Um, it, it, it's good. I really like uh, Peter David's work, uh, specifically on uh, a book called X Factor a couple of years uh, back. Um, I don't know. I think he—he's kind of like a—he's written like for a very long time because I can kind of tell that he—you know—he doesn't use any like uh, internal monologue boxes. He kind of just writes in dialogue. the uh, right yeah. writes in the old seventies, eighties style where everybody's just thinking out loud. Um, and which is fine. The story's fine. Uh, the art's really well done. I like the art a lot. Um, it's just, I don't know, it's 
it's not a story that I think anybody needed. I I and th- I totally totally agree, Johnny. Um, that was my biggest gripe with it. It's this almost this weird sort of. Uh, they're they're trying to do that thing where they're trying to hit every audience. They're trying to hit the new Mar- MCU fans, and then they're trying to hit older fans where it's like this could be its own sort of almost origin story and it could be a continuation from the uh the original uh first series but yeah uh, it doesn't really it doesn't really strike a good balance i think between it there's some fun dialogue in it um particularly the stuff touching thor's hammer uh made me laugh uh, made me lol um and there was some cool... I, I like that they actually threw in some pretty uh, D-list 60s Marvel villains like Ulick and uh, and such, but... I think Grey Hulk is in... Yeah, mm-hmm. but I don't know. It, this, this, this is an example of what I don't like about Marvel in comics right now. Just too, I feel like it's too much pandering to the movies. Yeah, um, I mean, yeah, I would kind of agree with you like i was thinking like oh this is this was probably written you know a while back but no this was written in 2013 yeah i mean which is only five years and it just it reads like a comic from early 90s late 80s um you know and that's most of peter david's work but i think like this for this it didn't work um because we kind of know i mean i I would expect this book to be for new readers to like get their foot in the door for the yeah. Avengers, but like for I don't think this is a book for anybody that is familiar with the Avengers because uh, we kind of know all of this stuff already because yeah. there's no different takes on, on them. It's literally just a continuation after like Avengers number one or number four. Yeah, it's an and all it's new gra- original graphic novel modernizing the formative first days of these superhero icons that defined pop culture. Yeah. It's, uh, I mean, come on. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm reading the same thing on Diamond are right you now. Because really <laughs> <laughs> I, t- I told Nick I would look up, I would look up this, the solicit for this to see how it was billed. Because we had two very different, when you, when you first came in and we started talking about it, yeah. you said it, it, it was like pandering to the MCU. And I was like, no. You and know? that's because that was something when, when I was reading it, I didn't, I didn't get the... I didn't even realize that it was supposed to be a continuation from the, the very for, the yeah, first from that issues, Stan yeah. Lee story because I've read the the I, I I get you know I tried to get through as much as I could because he has a he's not the best writer but um, yeah uh, I I didn't we'll even find put that again next week yeah exactly. I didn't even uh, I didn't even put it together until we were actually talking about it that that was supposed to be the idea. But even with that, it's still I mean, they they purposely wrote out Ant Man and Wasp purposefully, and they and then they they start change the the whole thing where you know Captain America is starting to get googly eyes at somebody who looks like Peggy Carter and uh, well he was under the spell of the Enchantress yeah. Well, spoilers. Yeah, spoiler. Hashtag spoiler alert. I like but. how it, <laughs> I did like the, the scene where Captain America like is in the middle of a gang fight and he's like, you guys don't know about Hitler. Well, in 1933, <laughs> he became, and he's just like kind of 
trying to teach these uh, youngins or whatever. Right. Yeah. And they're just like, yep, I'm going to cap this fool. And then just start shooting. And it's it's kind of like Peter David understands these characters. Like, I think that's the best thing about this book is just like these characters. Uh, he understands them and knows them and writes them very well. Um, it's just I, like I said, I don't think we need this story. <laughs> yeah, I this I've I have so many versions of something like this yeah. that I've read over my entire life that it's it's I think it's I don't know like maybe if nobody if they yeah. didn't understand they didn't know anything about the Avengers then maybe this would be uh, okay but not for $25 <laughs> yeah I, I exactly well yeah luckily at the shop it's five dollars Johnny five dollars yeah um, well you peeled off the wrap with the sticker on it oh no <laughs> I mean, I did have to do that to read it. Yeah, um, but yeah, it's 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 a fun read. I don't think it. Like I said, it's not necessary, and it's very short. It, I read it in like twenty five minutes or so. Yeah. Um, I didn't read the and the back stuff very, with Brian And there's a Bendis. very very unnecessary story at the very end. Oh yeah, I didn't read that because I'm uh, like I it don't was, care. <laughs> it's. I guess it's supposed to have. Wet your beaks for. Bendis's run that sort of does the Marvel, you know, the MCU thing the the first time the first time they did it, um, but it's it's pretty meh. Yeah, I actually really like this. Um, I I also agree with with each of your assessments on on probably being largely unnecessary. Um, I thought Peter David. Uh, was able to capture the feel of the old characters, mm-hmm. but still write it enough in a modern voice that it wasn't, you know, a Hard complete to chore to read. Yeah. You know, um, I think uh, probably I think the problem with this book is, um. I'm assuming that that Marvel's goal in coming out with this, like, because they did is Avengers, or excuse me, season one, original graphic novels for uh, probably eight of their characters or teams. Okay. Um, and I think that what they were trying to do was kind of compete with uh, DC's Earth One original graphic novels. Okay. Okay. Um. And what what DC did with their Earth One is they decided to do modern retellings or reimaginations of the characters' origins. Marvel did not decide to do that. They decided to just continue with the stories from these characters at their inception. So it was like... You know, untold tales yeah. of you know the the earliest Avengers. I was expecting some sort of like different type of continuity, like oh, there's going to be a twist, there's going to be a twist. But yeah, that's that's nothing. exactly what I was. Yeah, so so that's why when I say it's unnecessary, it's because we kind of know what happens from here on out. Uh, whereas in the Earth One novels, like anything can happen because it's right. an alternate it's story. all new you yeah. don't you don't know it's yeah. all new and all different um <laughs> and this one you know uh i i liked it i i think um 
I think this book is going to play best to um, people who haven't read much Avengers yeah. or, casual, or new readers. Casual Avenger readers. You know, um, I think it's a great uh, preteen or early teen book. Absolutely. You know, for somebody interested in Avengers who maybe has seen the movies and knows the characters. And if they wanted to read a story about when they first came together, I think that this is, um, this is probably a, a good one to pick up. I really like the art. Yeah. Yeah. The art's amazing. I thought, you know, it's, it's so neat to see the classic representations of the character done in a modern art style. And like when Red Skull shows up that, I mean, that was really cool. Yeah, and um, Hyde too. I was really yeah, glad that. that they had Mr. Hyde in there. Yeah. Yeah. That's just I mean, that's just, stuff. it, it, the art, I mean, I, I personally think the book is worth the art alone. Yeah. Um, but I, I, en- I enjoyed it. Um, you kind of know, they telegraph the heck out of it. You know in the first few pages who, you know, because I think in, in this listed on Diamond w- that I was just looking back up, it goes, some shadowy figure is. <laughs> and it's A like, foe it's the manipulates right. the fledgling Avengers from right. And you're like, uh... <laughs> you find that on like the first page, yeah. you know? literally the first page. So spoiler alert. Um, but yeah, but I, it's not even on the back of the movie. <laughs> right. Um, I liked it though. I yeah. for I, what it was, I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, I you know, I was gonna go three and a, I'm gonna go four just on the art. The art in this book is so strong. It's and, killer, and it and it made me happy. So I'll put four stars on it. Um, I, I'll I'll give it a three. Just because I'm, it's nothing. It's nothing I haven't seen before. But yeah. again, had this creative team done something else that wasn't so MCU centric, uh, I would have been a lot more interested in it. Cool. Yeah. Um, I'll go with four, and that's because uh, while Peter David's, uh, you know, dialogue. Uh, you know, them just speaking out words, uh, threw me off guard for a bit. He knows the character so well, and he's a, a really good storyteller that I didn't mind by the, by the halfway point. Uh, and the art's stellar. Um, I enjoyed it for what it was. Uh, I would not buy it, uh, but four. <laughs> so, Johnny, would you, do you think that he did that on purpose? The writing, the way he did. I mean, yeah, I think so because when you look at uh, Peter David's other work, um, mm-hmm. there's some of that, but not as much as here. It's not as prevalent. This feels like uh, he's actually like it, going oh, for no, that you, style. Yeah. You okay. Read, that's what that was. What X-Factor, I got. His X Factor is thoroughly modern, and it's edge of your seat stuff, and yeah. really thinking outside of the box. It's and really good. I mean, it, his X Factor is some of the best comics I've ever read. Okay. It, it's written like. A modern '70s comic. Yeah, because it's yeah. Uh, that's you know like if if you've ever read uh, you know ever read any Stan Lee comics stuff that's you know penned by Stan Lee, he he does not subscribe to the show don't tell mode of thinking. He's he thinks uh, show and tell. So I'm gonna jump over there as I'm jumping over there, yeah. and. Uh, yeah, and, this, and he this also is, wanted every kid to read comics yeah. with a dictionary on hand. Yeah, exactly. But uh, it, it's similar th- in that this style. Is a good, yeah, this it's it's definitely got that sort of vibe, but it's not. It, it doesn't as, treat you It's as, not as a labor, right? Uh, labor, laborious. Mm-hmm. 
The Dexter's laborious. Yeah. <laughs> God, I hate this. Cool. <laughs> uh, yeah. Jonathan, what does that bring us to? Uh, that brings us to trivia. Matt, what? trivia. I'll go through uh, real quick the winners uh, for last week from the comics uh, for sending in the question, right? Right? Uh, Has to be. Yeah, it's cool. Bryce. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So thanks for the question. Yeah, and if you guys, if you guys want to win the comics, uh, we're going to try and keep this up, but it's dependent on you guys. If you want a shot to win comics... Send us a trivia question with uh, four multiple choice answers to stump the the crew here. Um, so this week uh, we chose Bryce Smith's question. Bryce is going to get the comics. The winner of the graphic novel from last week, Echo by Terry Moore, is Jason Previtt. Yeah, the answer was Ninjor. 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 Um, Okay, so trivia for this week. All right, you guys might want to reiterate this since um, we're going here. But uh, okay, so the question is: If you know it, we're going last. So if you don't know it, you answer first. I feel like it should be easier if we write it down on a piece of paper, but whatever. No, okay. In nineteen in seventy-seven Marvel comic, Dum Dum Duggan was placed in charge of a special Shield squad. Assisted with the help of Hank Pym, Tony Stark, Reed Richards, to stop what famous kaiju? The answers are A. Godzilla, B. Mothra, C. King Kong, or D. Mechagodzilla. Wait, wait, okay. So uh, I didn't no, nobody yeah, heard that. I think, nobody I think I know listening that one on too. this podcast heard that question. Yeah. But anyway, uh, so the question was, Matt. I'm not giving the answer. Okay. This is for points, dude. <laughs> in a 1977 Marvel comic, Dum Dum Duggan was placed in charge of a special S.H.I.E.L.D. squad with assisted help from Hank Pym, Tony Stark, and Reed Richards to stop what famous kaiju? A. Godzilla, B. Mothra, C. King Kong, or D. Mechagodzilla? So you two think you know it? Yes. I do know it. Jonathan? Johnny, you know it? I just wrote down the, my answer. All right, Johnny, what's your answer? Uh, C. <laughs> Yeah. I don't have a freaking clue. I didn't know this was even something that happened. Come on, guess. Uh, I'm just going to go with the big dog himself, Godzilla. 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 Roger? Yeah, well, my, Johnny, if you knew your 1977 Marvel <laughs> new releases, <laughs> why you wouldn't? It's I was Godzilla. negative 20. Yes. And that was awesome, too, because you had, you had the freaking helicopter. Godzilla's a good guy, though. After Godzilla. I don't know. And plus, well, King that's, Kong's and that's not a kaiju. what's so awesome, too. Is King Kong uh, not a kaiju? Because he's Godzilla's canon in Marvel. <laughs> what is Godzilla? Because he's in the, 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 in the first issue of, was it Champions? The, with uh, uh, Ghost Rider. The more recent one or the old one? Old one. Like okay. the, and uh, Black Widow. Hercules. 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 Their Hercules. first, their first <laughs> fight is against Godzilla. A nutty professor reference. Well, um, here's some context for the answer. Bryce is providing context for all his answers. This is great. So in a late 70s comic titled Godzilla, which ran number one, 1970s, 
number 24 in 1979, the team Duggan was in charge in was called the Godzilla Squad. They attempted to use a large man robot, Red Ronin, to fight Godzilla in a Pacific Rim-like showdown. I remember that book. I had that book. There you go. Yeah. I just remember there's one, too, like they, uh, they shrink, Godzilla shrinks down and then uh, he ends up playing pickup basketball games in New York City. So that was from an Johnny's ad. On the board. <laughs> Nick's on the board, Roger with two, Johnny with one. That means I'm on the board. I still think I should have more points. Oh my god, we're gonna go over this every week. Every week. So, I've been, so what is what is someone King Kong? Someone stole points from me. King what Kong is a gorilla. Well, I mean, yeah, I get that, but he's like a primate, Johnny, okay. a very large one. Uh huh. Uh-huh. He's not a kaiju. Okay, so what constitutes a kaiju? Monster. Japanese okay. monsters. Is, is a giant gorilla not a freaking monster? Not it's a not Japanese, Japanese in origin. <laughs> I'm gonna look up the definition of kaiju. It's more, it's more of a stylistic thing. It's like talking about anime and cartoons, basically. Oh, yeah. I'm going to curse. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's what I got. Sweet. Rodney, you can take him out. <laughs> I just put, is King and then, like, it, is King Kong and Kaiju was, like, we the first thing. Johnny, <laughs> Kaiju is a Japanese film genre that features giant monsters usually attacking major cities and engaging in military and other monsters in battle. It is a subgenre of to- tokusatsu. Dude, hey. wow. from the audience. Tokusatsu entertainment. Kaiju means strange beast. Yeah. Is a gorilla a strange beast or is it a gorilla? <laughs> a giant gorilla is a strange beast. No, it's a gorilla. It's not strange. <laughs> what? <laughs> a giant gorilla is not straight. It's not just, it's, it's, it's ordinary. A gorilla is already bigger than a human. I, this thing is, li- anyway. It's just even bigger. Can we please just move on? The fuck on? Dude, I mean, like, dude, it, they weigh, like, a lot. I'm pretty I don't sure. Mean, like, height wise, I mean, like, girth. I'm pretty sure King Kong weighs more than a, an average gorilla. Anyway, yeah, he does. Uh, anyway. There's nothing strange. Moving about on. Oh God. <laughs> anyway. If you want to send uh, questions. Yeah, if you want to send uh, in your questions for us to debate over, like we were just doing, <laughs> uh, you can send them to contact at All Star Comics Podcast. Label trivia question. Label trivia question. Make sure that you send in four multiple choice and note what the correct answer is, so that Matt doesn't have to do a bunch of extra work in between troubleshooting. Oh, do we have a listener question? Oh, whoops. Matt, make up a listener question really quick. <laughs> we do have a live audience here. This is Let's true. Let's do... Uh, I was going to do... What was the uh, first appearance of Captain America in an Avengers comic? I think uh, we've done that yeah, one. Yeah, so? Uh, sounds, sounds familiar. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, how prepared are we? Let's um, do... First appearance of Punisher. First appearance of Loki. Ooh. I think we've done that one, too, yeah, actually. We, I, in fact, what? we did it on one of the ones I was yeah. on. <laughs> really? <laughs> yes. What was his oh. first appearance, then? Deja vu. Yeah. Okay. What's his first appearance? Um, all right. For, uh, no, I think we've done first appearance of Punisher. Was that when you were on? No. Or are you talking about Loki? Huh. I'm sure we've done first appearance of Punisher, too. I don't know. I don't think we have. Okay. Let's do first appearance of Batman. Because right. <laughs> We've already done that. <laughs> no, let's do first appearance of Punisher. I don't think we've ever done that. All right. 
So, what we want to know, if you want a chance to win the graphic novel for this week, which is actually, I think, a pretty good book. Uh, you, it's worth you checking will, out. It's, it's definitely worth checking out. Um, what was the first appearance of the Punisher in Marvel Comics? If you know the answer to that and care to answer, send your response to contact at allstarcomicspodcast.com. And for you, for you Twitch watchers, I expect an email in thirty seconds. Okay, or less. I'm saying, Vanessa, you should be on this. You can Google. I have a feeling that she actually already knows. There's a there's a bunch of forum threads debating back and forth if King Kong is a kaiju or not. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, next up. Uh, That's actually bringing us to the end of the show. Uh, Guys, uh, we haven't gotten many new reviews yet, so... um, Yeah. Uh, If you guys like what you're hearing, please rate, review, subscribe, like, and share. Uh, And if you you do a review on iTunes for us, send us an email to let us know you did so we can give you a shout-out on the show. Um, And general. Or just yeah, even send in general questions for us to, to answer at the beginning of the show, uh, like Aaron does. Um, yeah, you know. those are all much appreciated. Yeah. Um, we like answering them, so feel free to send them in. Uh, if you want to go above and beyond, you go to patreon.com slash allstarcomicspodcast. Uh, $1 gets you the episode the night that it drops. $3 gets you the episode drop, or the all the episodes that we drop of uh, Larry's Multiversity University instead of having to wait once a week mm-hmm. uh, at the end of each show, which there will be a new episode on the end of this one shortly. And we're going to be revamping that a little in the next week. Um, I'll pull that back up. We're going to be retooling it a little bit. We're going to add um, uh, a, an After Dark Element? tier to there. Okay. Basically, it'll include membership, you know, here too. So, Excellent. a little extra stuff. Cool. Cool. Uh, if you guys want to follow everything with the shop, you can like Horizon Comics on Facebook and follow at Horizon Comics on Twitter and Instagram for all the Twitch. updates. And Twitch.tv yes, Horizon Comics. For all the live stream stuff. But if you want to get uh, the updates on new and restocked stuff, Instagram is really the most frequently yeah. updated. So yeah. guys, get on that. Um, and then all the drawings that you've been doing as well. for the. There's only two left. Right now... Um... We have uh, a CGC Strangers in Paradise number one, uh, CGC nine point eight, and then after that, we're doing a Flashpoint number one, one in a hundred variant. That's CGC nine point eight, and that's it. That'll mm-hmm. be all the CGCs. Wait, I know. I taking donations for it? I guess yeah. I, I'm trying to get rid of. I'm trying to unload some some, some CGCs. No, they're not. They're not rated. Well, then it, it can't be this the CGC Summer Raffle Series. Oh, okay. I can do a Fall Raw. <laughs> Nick, go. Nick. Yeah, Nick's, <laughs> Nick back sock. <laughs> Nick, um, Nick's giveaway raffle. <laughs> uh, if you want to keep up with everything Johnny and all of his various outlets, yeah, you can follow me everywhere at the Johnny Two X Four. Or. And? The Kaiju King Kong Twitch feed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are, uh, um, So, yeah, listen to... Uh, no, no, no. My no, Kaiju no. cast. No. Um, <laughs> it's uh, every Monday and Wednesday, and that's where we answer the real questions. Uh, and Like, is King Kong a Kaiju? And yes, yes, he is. I say it. 
Nick, uh, do you guys care if I plug my cats? Instagram? Go do it. <laughs> everything. Uh, you whatever follow, you want to plug. Even yes. your, your wife, whatever. Uh, what? You can Time follow my uh, my cats. You can follow my cat's Instagram on uh, Tommy is the cat. Uh, he passed away, but uh, we have a lot of pictures. I'm glad and everybody then our, jumped uh, on that right at once. Uh, Yes, and then all of our all of our uh, cats that we have, uh, my wife and I are cat people, to say the least. And uh, shout out to my wife; she's watching right now. Love you. What's up, Vanessa? <laughs> Thank you. Already. Uh, Matt, the Hydra Five Five. I'll get you. And then I am at St. Jonathan. Uh, guys, thanks for listening. We will see you again next week, next Friday. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to Multiversity University. I'm your host, Larry Douglas. And tonight we're going to continue talking about the Comics Code Authority and its establishment. Uh, last time we left off on the Comics Code Authority being established, how William Gaines really pushed a lot of the other executives into forming this organization called the Comics Magazine Association of America and how the Comics Magazine Association of America would end up hiring, again, partly because of William Gaines' recommendation, this judge named Charles Murphy, an expert in juvenile delinquency, to come up with a code, and not only to come up with a code, but to come up with a code that would have some kind of enforcement mechanism in it so that it would be uh, something that the public would be more accepting of. The problem for Gaines was that he had no idea what the code was that Charles Murphy was going to come up with. And I thought it might be instructive to actually look at what the original code of 1954 said. So here we go. Uh, first, it said, Crimes shall never be presented in such a way as to create sympathy for the criminal, to promote distrust of the forces of law and justice, or to inspire others with a desire to imitate criminals. If crime is depicted, it shall be as a sordid and unpleasant activity. Policemen, judges, government officials, and respected institutions shall never be presented in such a way as to create disrespect for established authority. Criminals shall not be presented so as to be rendered glamorous or to occupy a position which creates a desire for emulation. In every instance, good shall triumph over evil, and the criminal punished for his misdeeds." Scenes of excessive violence shall be prohibited. Scenes of brutal torture, excessive and unnecessary knife and gunplay, physical agony, the gory and gruesome crime shall be eliminated. Now, that, of course, killed off a lot of the crime comics. Uh, some of the next ones basically killed off EC, and actually they were putting out crime comics as well, so that affected them. Uh, another provision said no comic magazine shall use wor the words horror or terror in its title. Um, all scenes of horror, excessive bloodshed, gory or gruesome crimes, depravity, lust, sadism, masochism shall not be permitted. All lurid, unsavory, gruesome illustrations shall be eliminated. Inclusion of stories dealing with evil shall be used or shall be published only where the intent is to illustrate a moral issue, and in no case shall evil be presented alluringly, nor so as to injure the sensibilities of the reader." Scenes dealing with or instruments associated with walking dead, torture, vampires and vampirism, ghouls, cannibalism, and werewolfism are prohibited. So at this point, EC's entire line is just about gone, except for maybe some of their science fiction stuff. 
going on, profanity, obscenity, smut, vulgarity, or words or symbols which have acquired undesirable meanings are forbidden. Nudity in any form is prohibited, as is indecent or undue exposure. Suggestive and salacious illustration or suggestive posture is unacceptable. Females shall be drawn realistically, without exaggeration of any physical qualities. I know that's going to be a little bit upsetting to uh, some of the guys out there. Illicit sex relations are neither to be hinted at nor portrayed. Rape scenes as well as sexual abnormalities are unacceptable. And, of course, they had a very expansive idea of what was considered a sexual abnormality. Seduction and rape shall never be shown or suggested. Sex perversion or any inference to same is strictly forbidden. And, of course, we're talking about the middle of the 50s, so you can imagine what they considered perversion. And nudity with meretricious purpose and salacious posture shall not be permitted in the advertising of any product. Clothed figures shall never be presented in such a way as to be offensive or contrary to good taste or morals. And that last one was kind of a a little bit of a catch-all. And as a result of that, there were some comics that ended up being affected, which you might not think would have been affected based on everything else that we've read. But based on what EC was putting out and what we discussed in the past, I think you can see how their entire line was pretty much wiped out by the Comics Code Authority. Now, the thing is, the Comics Code Authority was voluntary. And so um, EC could have just said, well, we're not going to submit our stuff. We, we don't like what you come up with. The problem is that Charles Murphy had been charged with coming up with an enforcement mechanism. And the enforcement mechanism he came up with were the fact that he got the distributors of comic books to agree not to distribute any non-code authority-approved comics. So if EC refused to submit their stuff to the code, then um, then the distributors simply wouldn't carry it, and uh, so they would not be able to distribute it to the public. So essentially, all of that stuff was killed off. Now... Um, There were some companies that decided to continue publishing that kind of material. What they did is they basically converted to a magazine format and began publishing strictly in black and white. This meant that they were no longer subject to the strictures of the Comics Code Authority because they were now magazines. They were no longer comic books. Um, Now, those companies weren't any any of the big name companies, but there were a few that did that. Um, And there were some companies that actually never participated in the Comics Code Authority and yet got away with it. Uh, Those companies were, uh, well, Disney, in a way, through Dell. Um, Disney did not want any comic books with their characters submitted to the Comics Code Authority. And the reason for that was that Disney was promoting themselves as a family-friendly company. And they thought that submitting something uh, to the code would imply that maybe there was something in theirs that needed to be looked at. Um, The thing is that uh, Disney because they had a long-standing reputation as being family-friendly entertainment, did get away with it. Uh, The distributors still did carry uh, their material. Um, And, in fact, that was partly due to the fact that Dell uh, owned one of the distributors and was the one publishing the Disney comics anyway. Um, Dell also never submitted any of their stuff to the Comics Code Authority because of the fact that, uh, again, they were promoting themselves as a family-friendly company, and uh, Gold Key also never submitted anything to the code. Uh, But again, those companies were all being distributed by the company owned by Dell, so they were able to get away with that. And their their material was uh, stuff that was all very much appropriate for children anyway. 
But not only did it kill off EC, but it basically killed off adult comic fare. Because one of the ironic things about when the code was established is that most minors were not actually reading the kind of comic books that were them and other people were objecting to. Those comic books were mainly being read by adults. So in a lot of respects, what happened is that the adult market for comic books is really what was killed, uh, not so much what was available to children. Now, Wortham himself opposed the Comics Code Authority because he just didn't think it went far enough. And um, uh, he continued to oppose the the Comics Code Authority all throughout the rest of his life and continued to oppose comic books all throughout the rest of his life, um, although he didn't get as much attention uh, afterwards as he had before. Um, However, the Comics Code Authority did kind of rule the roost for about the next 25 years, pretty much determining what would get published. after, 19, after 1980, they didn't have as much control, but it was, it's surprising to a lot of people to know that the Comics Code Authority actually continued all the way until 2011. Uh, there were By 2011, only two companies were still using it. DC uh, was still using it, but not for their main titles. They were only using it for their titles that were geared towards children, basically their all-ages comics. Um, and uh, also... Archie Comics was continuing to use uh, the Comics Code Authority. But both Archie Comics and DC Comics uh, withdrew from the Comics Code Authority within a day of each other in January of 2011. And at that point, the Code code Authority shut its doors. Uh, Marvel had quit back in 2001 um, and had gone with their own internal rating system. And another thing that had happened to the code as well is that new companies coming into the market in the 80s and 90s just basically declined to participate. But, of course, by then the uh, industry had changed a lot and the adults had returned and people were actually gearing a lot of their material towards them. But between 1954 and 1979, the Comics Code Authority would very much control what kind of comic books would get published. Um, But ironically, despite the fact that this was a very low point in the history of comic books, uh, this whole thing would actually lead to the creation of the Silver Age within just a couple of years. And we'll begin talking about that on our next episode.